When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We are uh, very fortunate to have on Mr. Scotty Bowman, William Scotty Bowman, not to be confused with Ralph. <laughs> nobody, nobody knows me by William. <laughs> well, I was going to say, when, when was the last time I don't know. somebody William. referred to you as William? Probably when you're applying for something, they ask you. It's the worst thing you can have is to call by your second name. But it doesn't bother you when you're a kid, but when you get older... You start applying for all these things, and all of a sudden you forget your first name's William, and you sign in Scott or Scotty, and you don't get in. <laughs> but anyway, we'll get, when did we'll you get. when did you officially take on Scotty Bowman? Oh, in grade school. Oh, okay. Grade okay. school, yeah. That's, okay. We won't tell you how long that is. <laughs> also, I just I wasn't sure if it was a, a hockey no. thing because you know how those no. nicknames are in hockey. Oh, you know, I got to tell you a story about that because it's very funny. There was a hockey player, and it's so strange. His name was Ralph Scotty Bowman, and yeah. he played he played for Detroit. In in the he played for um, Ottawa was in the league, and then he went to Saint, and he also was with the St. Louis. Uh, uh, flyers they were in the league for a year or two in the 30s so anyways um he, he was the first player to get and score he was the defenseman i don't know he's from winnipeg i i, I used to get mail for, for for him but yeah he scored on a penalty shot the first penalty shot in the nhl so in 1934 so i'm born in 33 i get mail i was getting mail in detroit congratulating me on the penalty shot. And I said, well, it was quite a feat because I was only one year old. <laughs> you can look it up. The first penalty shot in the NHL was scored by Scotty Bowman in 1934, but he was a defenseman and uh, I never met him, but I, I know his grandson. Did you watch a lot of the Stanley Cup finals? Oh yeah, I saw all the games. I mean, the ones that we could... Maybe the West, I didn't see them all, but I saw all the East, you know. What'd you think about Vegas winning? What'd you think of the finals? What do you think of the game? Well, you know, it's, I don't know if I'm getting really old, but I don't know you guys. It, it, it seems that when you watch the games on TV, it, it, like it's so fast, but the puck is so small. Uh, you know, l- lucky we we know the game that we can, we can assume the puck is go- is going in a certain area, but that's the only thing about hockey that I've always tried to figure out. 
like unless they go down with the cameras, you know, like if they're if they're too far back in some rinks, as you know, uh, Craig would probably uh, know something about it. But at the Montreal Forum in the Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens, those weren't built for um, for television because they were built a long time before TV. But they they used to use the entrances, like the 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 walkways. They'd go and put cameras above. And they were really good because they're close to the ice. And, uh, you know, now now they go for the end zones, which is good. I guess you see everybody. Yeah. But I don't know about you guys, but it's not as easy to follow the puck. Because <laughs> it's, you know, it's. I always was wondering if there's any. I know they tried a lot of stuff that people didn't like. But it's too bad they couldn't make the puck, like, play the game like it is. But they got all kinds of stuff now. Too bad they couldn't make the puck look bigger, like just, just like not, not, not that trailing and all. Well, you that. remember years ago that they used to have yeah. the little blue stripe yeah, that was behind the yeah. puck. It was almost like yeah. Fox did it. It was a Fox. Uh, yeah, people didn't. That, that, I didn't that, like that. No, because it changes everything. But no, they got those signboards that switch all the time. I. That's <laughs> the only thing I figure about hockey is. Like it's it's a it's a tough game for TV. It's well, it's okay if you've played it like you guys, because you know, and and we've been in hockey a long time, so we we can we pretty well assume where the puck is a lot. But you know, for new new fans, that it's not. When's easy- the last? When's the last time you you've seen a live game? Oh, I went to the Lightning games. Uh, this I didn't. I, let me see. Well, I saw the Toronto. Yeah, I saw their games in in Tampa. They were pretty interesting games. They they went yeah. over Toronto beat them this year. But when you watch the game now, live or on TV, what would you change? Yeah, there been enough changes. I I I don't know what you could do really. I mean, it's it's just uh, you know they made so many changes, made the end zones bigger. Nobody covers the points now because the the end zone's so big. You know they play in front of the net. It's it's a completely changed game. You got the you got the pass from the defense zone way up. You, you know that the, the stretch pass changed the game. Now the players are starting to poach your way up. It's it's. A, I don't think you can change. It would be too much to go back. I well, mean, okay, so what was yeah. what's one change that you wish they never made? Uh, I don't know if they if if. Uh, it's it's I was always thinking like they took the red line out because teams were putting in traps and everything and it was it was taken away from a lot of the action. But I, I, I remember one time somebody mentioned like it was like a high it was they put a ringette no, they didn't do it, but they, they were proposing to put a ringette line like in Canada, the ringette people in the States don't know what that is, but uh, I I grew up with with uh, when they played ringette a lot, and and it's a, it's right at the top of the circle, in in the end zone, right at the at the top on the way to the blue line, and you, a line across like that. When the puck rate reached that point, coming out of your own end, then the red line disappeared, so that players. I thought it might help forechecking, but but it would it would have been a pretty interesting thing because. I mean, I've talked to some ex-players. Uh, they still think that the that the, taking the red line out was no good. Bobby Orr's won. Bobby Orr doesn't doesn't like the game. I mean, he doesn't hate the game, but he thinks that uh, 
you know, the, the stretch pass doesn't take much skill. Like, you know, you just, you get the puck in the, in the corner and you can rifle the puck all the way up the ice to the far blue line. And, the, and then the guy can, the guy can just tip the puck and, and throw it in. And so the puck's going from one end zone to the other in a split second. But that ringette line was interesting because I thought it might it might encourage forechecking because you know you would want to stop the guy from getting if he you you knew that if that that the other team made a little pass up to that ringette line you better be careful if you're the other defenseman because guys could get behind you but no I I don't think we can change the only other thing I was thinking and I've read about it and I don't know how you could do it. Uh, because it's it's not the only injuries you get, but um, maybe like something three feet from the boards that you could you 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 have to check, but you'd have to check with your stick. So if the guy was in that zone three feet from the, if if a player was in that area, then you know you'd have to take the puck away from him. Because so is have- that is that so you you don't want any body body checking in that in that yeah area. I, I just that some of the players now like they 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 should know that they could get hit and some of the injuries we do get not a lot of them because we have open ice hits but some of the injuries are are um, and I don't know why the players don't because I mean I when when I was uh, coaching a lot I I tell the players anytime you go in the corner you must expect that somebody's going to hit you. Don't don't go in the corner lolly dogging that you think it's it's a free it's a free area because even now we see see some of the time where you guys played and you were aggressive players and sometimes now you you put a, a small hit on a guy and the and, and the guy's not expecting it. He should expect it. You get near the boards. I mean. It's the same thing as the the some of the hits that we see in in the neutral zone or in the in the open ice. Uh, why are why are they uh, regarded now as a real cheap hit? Like yeah. player, the players' heads down. Yeah, players you know, bent over, skating with the puck, looking at the puck, and yeah, the player like, making the hit is blamed for head contact. Well, like that, that player in the Rangers, that's uh, you know he's not a dirty player, but he's Kruba. Kruba, like he, but he picks off guys. You know, I. I had guys when I first started to coach in the NHL. I had a, a two pre, two brothers. Uh, they both passed away. Plager brothers. Boy, I'm telling you, they could have open ice hits. Very si- similar to not all the time because in those years players didn't skate as fast, but they also had their head up. But you know, Scott Stevens was a was a defenseman that put guy. You know, he. He 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 actually stopped the career of Paul Korea and a guy from um, that played a little bit in Buffalo. Uh, um, uh, play, he got hit. Uh, I was in Detroit. Slava Koslov. He really got hit, boy, in a playoff game. But you know Scott Stevens. I mean, he would pick these guys off, but their head is down. You know, and Scott Stevens would be suspended for forty <laughs> games a year yeah. if he played in today's game. Yeah, yeah, because he he was a great open ice hitter. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, and, you know now now you they don't want any hits below the knee or below the waist because you could because the Plager brothers they were not very tall but they were stocky and they would come into you with a lower hit and they would 
they would knock you really down because, but it was hard for them to do it. But there was a few guys in that, in the 60s and 70s that kept their, that played with their, you know, reckless abandon. But now I find a lot of, I, I, it must be tough on the officials because they have to make a quick, this they have to make a quick decision. You know, they can't fool around. They have to make a quick decision. What did they see? They didn't get the replay. They got to make the call right away, and and it's not easy because the players put themselves they put themselves in tough spots. And we, you know, I just read the other day. I was surprised. Well, Craig would know because he he was there, played in Montreal, but Montreal didn't. They took their whole, whole training staff or something, including yep. the doctor, Craig. They're they're all they blamed them for the um, lack of uh, well, they had three hundred injuries or something, you know. Yeah, yeah, but I knew, I knew, I didn't know all of them, but some of those guys, they, they you know, they're, they're in the, the training spot. staff, the physio staff are not the ones that can uh, prohibit these injuries from happening, right? No, I mean, no, no, you it's have just, to, you know, in this type of business, uh, you got to blame somebody. And mm-hmm. uh, I was actually with um, the trainer. When I played in Montreal, he was absolutely fantastic. Name is Graham Rhymeben. He was one of the best trainers the I've one, ever had in the NHL. He's the one that's gone now. Eh? Yes, yes. And uh, he's a fantastic person and is yeah. great at what he did. But yeah. you know what? They're looking yeah. to do something different. Yeah, I knew the, the, the guy for a long time because I coached Junior when he started to be a, a physician. Boy, what a man he is. Dave Mulder. He's, oh, yes. He's, Dr. Mulder. Yeah, I don't know what happened to him, but he's in his 80s now. But he he's was still Morris. there. He's yeah, still the head doctor. So they didn't move him out then, eh? No, no, they didn't. No. Yeah, he's a, he, he know he he's he did a lot of. Stuff. I mean, he 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 was a uh, I think he was a vascular surgeon, but he knew. Gee, he was so good. Like there was a guy there, Trent McCleary, that that then he then he hurt his neck or something. I played. He, I played with Trent McCleary. Whoa. And I was actually on the ice with Gee. Trent McCleary when he ended up taking a puck yeah. to the throat, and uh, they he took saved him his, off. Yeah, he, saved his life because it, it, he had everybody. When he got to the Montreal General, it, the people were ready. Yeah, he he, he did that. It, same as the player here. I don't know. I don't know who was the trainer that did it, but Richard uh, Sednick. No, and then the other one, no, oh, Clint, Clint Malarchuk. Yeah, he had that thing in his throat, and uh, that was quick action. I mean, you're, you are right. Uh, it, it's the players, so that the, the, there's a lot of them that bring the injuries because they're. I mean, I can't blame them for being reckless, but uh, you got to expect it. It's it's not a, it's not a fancy game, and we have a lot. I guess we have as many injuries now. I mean, it must be very costly because they're always bringing guys up. To, to replace those players that's right them. yeah that's right well listen i wanted to get back to you about the stanley cup finals what yeah. your thoughts were of you know watching vegas watching mm-hmm. them win the stanley cup and this is a this is a franchise yeah. that has only been yeah. in the league for six years yeah. it almost felt to me like i <laughs> I felt like a little irritated that they won so early because there's yeah. other franchises well, out there that haven't won yet or no, that are working 11, towards it. There's 11 teams. I looked the other day somewhere. There's 32 teams in the league, and there's still 11 that have never won the Stanley Cup. 11. 
11 teams out of the, it's a lot. I mean, and what, and what are your thoughts on that? Like, what are your thoughts on Vegas winning so quickly? I think what happened to a lot of franchises, you know, when there's a two team um, uh, expansion, uh, well, the original one was six and and that was even worse, but, but they didn't care as much because they put them in the same division. But when there's a two team uh, expansion, they have to share the, the, the talent. But when there's a one-shot deal, like if like look at Seattle now. I mean, you know they like they. It's a it's really an amazing accomplishment because the teams were allowed to protect a goalie, and and they could make a choice. They could do they could do uh, for uh, seven. Eh? I think it was like like four. They could take a three defensemen or four or or something like that with the forwards. So. They, when you think about these teams, they, they built their teams and they never got a, they, they really didn't get a player who was in the top seven of, of the existing teams, but they did because some of the teams made mistakes. You see that that's, that's right. what happens. You had 30, 31 teams and uh, you know, they, 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 they made a lot of moves Vegas. Say eh? when you, when you think about the fact that, they added Mark Stone. They added uh, Peter Angelo. They added Eichel. These are all high-salaried guys. And, uh, you know, they, they squeezed them in. A lot of teams have done it. They squeezed them into the cap at different times. But, uh, you know, uh, Bruce Cassidy's been around a long time. He's He's been a good coach. I mean, uh, you know, you win 50 games back-to-back. Back. You, you know, you got to know a lot about it. Well, you have to have good players, too. But I, I thought he... Uh, you know, they were a tough team to play because they, they, they were really good in their own zone. I mean, I, I couldn't believe that they won because I I was asked, people would ask you, what do you think of, the, of, of uh, Vega? I said, with no chance. I said, the goalie's never been a first string goalie. He's, he's, he's always been a backup. I said, he, he's 20. No, no, no. He's backup to the backup's backup. <laughs> Yeah, he's number he four. was their fourth string goaltender. Yeah. But you know, they didn't expose him. Like, like he's a big guy. He's six foot four. You, you know, you see the pictures after the game, the season uh, after on the ice. He they got, you know, the the way these big goalies operate. Well, you had one here. I didn't realize how big he was till one night I'm sitting in the Tampa and I st- sitting with a scout and I said, How big is that Omark? Oh no, he said he's six foot four. Because you know you don't always when you sit in the press box, it's hard to get how big guys are. Oh no, and he's big. See the the, the the when you get a big frame like Aiden Hill, and you pour all that equipment on him, that's what that's what that that's the, the advantage of being a big goalie is you can pour a lot of equipment on you. You know, like like you, you take the you take the goalie that the. Uh, the Sabres are, 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 are going. I know I happen to come from Montreal in an area where he is too. I know people that coached uh, young, uh, was it called Levy? Levy? Devin Levi. Levi, okay. I know a guy that coached him all the way up from uh, uh, Pee Wee, Bantam, Midget. He said he, he's always been top of the line. He, he's, uh, if, and you know, he, he said if he sees the puck, He's really a bright kid. Like, you know, he was valedictorian in his high school class. I come from a really good family. Uh, didn't play junior, went to college. and But he, he's, he, he studies the other players like he has to because, you know, like 
The only problem that he did have one game this year, Quinnipiac put two big guys in front. That's the only meltdown game he really had in college. I mean, he had four big years with them. But if he sees the puck, and the problem in the NHL, as you know, Craig, the big defenseman and Andrew, big guys get in front. But he's a, he's a hang of a, a prospect, you know. But he but he he hasn't got the um, luxury of some of the, a guy that's six foot four that can pour all that stuff on him. That, that's the only thing. You ask me if there's anything you could do. I don't know how you do it because they're really afraid to, of injuries. Well, to, you, but, to, to 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 ask you a question there, is it possible that his athleticism could make up for that? Because that's where that's what a lot of the people say about Levi yeah. is that what he's like Saros. Yeah, I, I I knew a guy that was uh, with uh, the broadcast. He played for us in Buffalo, Brent Peterson. And I remember about six, seven years ago, he used to try it. Poor guy got Parkinson, but he, he doesn't do the TV now. But he's a wonderful player, a good, good player for us here. And he told me at the time that this guy is Saros. He said, Scotty, this guy practices... He's, he's a student of the game. He's six feet. That's the only thing about him. He's not stretching. He doesn't have a lot of it. And he, but he doesn't want a lot of equipment because he wants to be, like you said, athletic, agile. So, I mean, the, the goalies, like Aiden Hill, I mean, I don't know much about him. I just know when I, when I look up his record and I see why does he never click on the right team, I think he was on a I mean, I give him a lot of credit because uh, he looked a lot better than I ever thought he would. Uh, he didn't get exposed a lot. I mean, th th that's what I, you asked me about the Vegas team. Um, they very seldom got into a lot of trouble in games with the, because the, uh, their defense is good size. Hey, they're all, they, they only the only smallest one is probably Shea Theodore. And he's a dangerous type of player because he. Shea Theodore is still six foot two. Is it, see, he's not that small. He look, <laughs> he's not he, small. Oh, I didn't realize he was six foot two. See, but they so they they had a, I mean, they had a good team. Uh, Cassidy, uh, you know, did a really good job, and so did the, the guy that got him in the finals. They got him to play the right way, and I guess uh, you know six of the players still on the team from the ones they drafted, eh? And they were good players. The Mark so and I mean, they had a lot of. It's amazing stories. You know, they had a lot of players that teams discarded. I mean, I think they got Marsha So and Smith in the same uh, giveaway by Florida because eh? they they didn't they want they didn't they didn't want one Florida wanted to protect. Contract. They wanted yeah. to protect the defenseman at the time. So they ended up losing yeah. Riley Smith in the draft yeah. in the in yeah. the expansion draft and they traded Jonathan Marcheseau. So, so yeah. Um, so Florida wouldn't, or, or Vegas wouldn't pick a defenseman on Florida and how'd that work out for them? Right. Yeah. They, may, they, I give, uh, George McPhee was the original guy. Uh, you know, he, they, they made, you're right. They made, they made moves. And of course Seattle must've done, you know, they're, they're not a poaching team. I mean, you know, you look at Seattle this year, I mean, imagine knocking out the Stanley cup team and then. And don't forget, their their American League team is is now right at the cusp of maybe winning. Uh, Coachella was that, is that the right name? I think it is. The Coachella and, uh, Firebirds. Yeah, it was uh, the game was on TV here for I watched half of it. In fact, I think there's a 
I don't know this player, but he's been around a while. He's from Buffalo. Andrew Podolarski, or you know the name? Uh, uh, he, yeah. He, um, he, he, he never he played college hockey. He's won he's a couple of, Calder Cups, I think. Yeah, he's a really good American League player. Never never seemed to be able to catch NHL. but And a tremendous yeah. golfer, too. Oh, is that right? Seattle. Yeah. But, you know, that's a quite an accomplishment. Seattle's in the second season. Their team, look at their team. They So they're, they're, uh, they got some players. Uh, I mean, you know, they, they must have drafted well because they got that kid, Veneers. And I don't know who else they drafted, but. It's going to be interesting to see if they can keep keep improving. But, you know, they've got a good nucleus. So maybe the formula, they make these teams pay a lot of money. You know, I mean, you know, like Seattle paid $650. Uh, I mean, it's not, it's not much when you look at Ottawa's going to be sold for $950, you know, yeah. a million. That's how, many, how many teams are too many teams today? Uh, like- I had... I, I mean, it's hard to say. It's a bit, you know, it's such a big business now. The hockey, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's really tough on teams like Winnipeg and Buffalo, and the because, you know, these other cities that have so many car dealerships. I mean, you go to places like Chicago, and there's about seven or eight car companies that want to advertise, and it's, it's, it's a big advantage. Now the, now the league, I think the league is really thinking about another team imagine it'd be the third time around but there's somebody in atlanta they say atlanta is a great uh, if they had the, the rink in the right place uh cobb county it's it's a it's a destination that people oh, they want to go oh for three huh how was atlanta how <laughs> well, was atlanta got... when the flames were there uh no they that that didn't work um the, the fellow that owned the team was heavily involved in basketball, NBA. Yeah, Tom Cousins, who's a wealthy guy, but they, they didn't give them a shot. And I don't know what happened the second time with the Thrashers, but, I mean, location is a big area. You know, like, uh, you, got, you got to put the rink in the in the park because the Atlanta Braves didn't do well uh, downtown, and they built a new facility out at Cobb County and the, and now they're back, and that's a big that's city. That's because downtown Atlanta is oh, yeah. brutal to get to. Yeah, that's a problem. But some I mean, of the worst got, traffic in in the United yeah. States. Yeah, Houston is a big. That's a team that they're really looking at. Houston, because of the city and the population, they you know. So I I, I don't. You said too how many. many it's too many teams. I think yeah. right now it's the smallest of the four major sports. And it yeah. already has as many teams as the NFL. I I, oh, yeah. I don't. It's and the right. revenue. Yeah, granted there are less players by probably half on each team, but the revenue they they triple quadruple the revenue of the NHL. So they. I yeah. mean, it's, it's we're, we're fortunate. We're fortunate in hockey that we can get players. We wouldn't be able to have even close to the league, but I mean, you you imagine the players that come from. Uh, countries like Sweden, it's not a big country. I mean, it's so it's even less than Canada. And it's the, the only that, more teams that, is the only other option to telling yeah. asking the players to play more games. We're, we're we're lucky that we got countries that we can get players like the Sweden and Finland. They got the NHL's got great agreements with these teams because they're not they're not trying to be 
may, like the top. Eh? They don't mind their players. They, they, you know, they get money from the league, of course. But uh, you know, even even a t even a country like you know, the one that amazes me the most is the former Czech Republic, because. You imagine if the Czech Republic was back to where it was. Like, you got, imagine the, look at the players coming from Slovakia now. I mean, that's right. The, the Czech, the, the the whatever they call it now, they, what the new name for for the Czechs or Chica, I forget. Yeah, but, but, uh, if, if they were if they were together, they would get, they would have a, a awesome team. Well, well the, the top two picks. In last year's yeah. NHL draft, the top yeah. two two picks were from uh, Slovakia, right? Yeah, or they, Czech. those countries have the two sports. The major sports are hockey and soccer. They don't fool around with baseball. They they don't have NFL. They, they, they Football, have, yeah. You know, that's it. Is enough players? Or I think there's enough players. We get enough players from other countries. We're very very fortunate, and the U.S. U.S. program is going to produce so many. Look at look at even in Buffalo now. Like there's there these places like Texas and there's kids from Florida. Like I live I live in Sarasota now. I I do go down a couple of times a year. They won the championship again. The Florida Everblades. They have a really sharp guy that runs the team, Craig Brush, and they, it's a, it's a good destination if you're you know if you're a kid coming out of junior or college. And you're not going to make pro hockey, and you go to Fort Myers. A lot of the, what's happening now—it's amazing story. The the players that go in that league, and and it's hard to come out of that league because there's so many other other leagues. But they 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 stay there. It's a nice place to live. They get they 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 get jobs. It draws good crowds. They get they get jobs. Now they're coaching their kids. They got kids from Fort Myers. Playing and on the and, and the national development team, and also uh, going into into major universities like Michigan. Yeah, Sa Sabers just signed uh, Ryan Johnson. He's from Irvine, California. Well, you know that, that's we're going to get players uh, from uh, these places. That's why they go to these places. I mean, uh, there's a lot of places that I mean. I think I think there'll be a, a lot of kids coming from this area because uh, the Buffalo uh, Buffalo's got a lot of they got a great facility they got good minor the kids in Buffalo is as the and you'll see it too as the Sabers team gets real strong and it happened before uh, the kids in Buffalo are gonna play hockey they're gonna they're gonna it's it's gonna be a, a, a you know, I think the Sabres are going to be pretty solid for the next, I mean, who knows how long, but they got so many good young players. I mean, to, people say, well, they're going to win. Who knows? Uh, well, let's, I mean, let, let, let's talk about them for a minute, because that's obviously yeah. an area that we wanted to discuss with you. What do they need to do this offseason to make the playoffs next year? Because Craig and I, well, I, I can want to speak for him, but yeah. I feel like it's playoffs or bust for the Sabres. It's going to be, yeah, it's a tight squeeze. Uh, the tough part of the, the tough part right now is, uh, you, you, you know, the league is changing a lot and you've got, you've got Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa, New Jersey. These teams got their hands, they got their hands on a lot of pretty good young players. And, you know, 
Now you you still got the Tampa's and Florida, and you got Boston. You still got those established teams, but I think the that these teams are the competition is really going to be tough for these teams because I mean New Jersey made a fantastic uh, climb from forty plus points to what they got last year, but that last that last ten points are the hard ones to get, you know, because you got to get into the mid nineties. And what do the Sabres have to do? I, I mean, I, I guess what it is 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 um, you, you know they have a core of young players that are going as long as this team continues to play uh, pretty good hockey. The core is going to be so important because and the the trick is going to be that I mean I guess the cap is going to is going to move pretty quick maybe after they. They get all this debt paid to the players, but I would say they just got to be so careful on 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 uh, signing free agents that are that have a lot of term because they're going to have some really expensive players on their hands. And well, they're you don't trying to negotiate your... with Darlene right now and probably yeah, Owen Power. Yeah, they're two studs. That's to, they're, they're yeah I. I, I I mean I I talk to different people and I I really like this kid Power I I talk a lot to Red Berenson and he doesn't coach anymore in Michigan but he 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 told me a year or two before he even got drafted that this guy is is going to be a good a great player and you know when you get defensemen I mean that that's the toughest part I don't even know in the draft this year like you guys know all the names but. You know, when you hear about all the names of these guys like Bedard and Fantilli and, I don't know, Leonard, I, I don't even know these guys, Smith. But, you know, you, you don't seem to hear about a defenseman all the time. That's the toughest part to get, you know, defenseman. And yep. you, when you think about, uh, like, uh, like Dallas getting that Heisken in at number three and then the other team, uh, Vegas getting that kid, uh, McCarr, at four, but Colorado getting Macar, yeah. I meant Macar, Macar. You're not Vegas, Colorado, yeah. And you know, it, it, they're the toughest players to get are the defensemen because I mean the Sabers still got good young defensemen, and they still want more. You know, that's right. <laughs> but, I mean, they, well, let they, me ask you this question too: When it comes to winning Stanley Cups, mm-hmm. I remember back playing against the Detroit Red Wings, mm-hmm. and one of the staples. Yes, everybody knew about Sergey Fedorov and uh, Stevie Iserman and all the great players he had on offense. But guys like Chris Draper, guys yeah. like uh, Darren McCarty, uh, yeah. Kurt Mulkey. That's probably Jeez. what that, that's what I'm thinking with the Sabers. Like I'm looking at the teams in Montreal. We had nine or ten Hall of Fame players, but. Yep. Until we brought up Riseborough and Tremblay and Lombert, three three young guys that could scrap a little bit, they 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 accepted. They were happy to be on the team. They played uh, fourth line. They killed some penalties. No power play. No, not big contracts. And then uh, when I look at our team in Detroit, with all the Hall of Fame, same thing. Nine or ten Hall of Fame players, but Draper, Maltby, McCarty, Coser. These players, they're they're the one. That's what I think the Sabers. And you know, when you look at when you look at their top five or six, 
it's it's uh, I don't think any of them are going to slide into the third and fourth. They, that's what they're that that's the kind of players that can put you over the top is those. And we saw it with we saw it with Vegas. I mean, they were they, they I forget all their names, but the, the Polisar, Carrier, and yeah, Wall. Yeah, the, the fourth line guys. Yeah, uh, they played them like, uh, and they were a different team because they played a lot of minutes. But I, I think those those role players that play 12, 13 minutes a game, they accept their contracts. They accept the not not going to be superstars. I I think that that's what that's the hard. They're the hard ones to find, eh? Because other teams are. are are looking for them too. So, I mean, I guess that's what they're going to look for. Make, try to get a guy that uh, somebody else that maybe doesn't want. And, and that's where the scouting is going to come in big. Uh, the, these, some of these scouts can pick guys, you know, uh, I, I heard on the radio about Barry Trotz the other day. And I, I was surprised because he said they, the, the, he's with Nashville now. He was a coach all his life. They they got I think they said eight or nine players, and uh, I mean draft picks in the top 80, 83, eight or nine. And he said he's asked his scouts try to hit try to hit a couple of home runs, and then you might hit singles, you know. So so scouting yeah. is a big yeah. It's it's going to be interesting. But I I like I like tractor on Sabers I. I mean, if they get the goaltending, I mean, it's a, it's a lot to ask of the young guy. But, I mean, uh, so far, I mean, he hasn't failed, you know. What's the best era of hockey that you watched? Myself, uh, I mean, I, I, I like, I, I mean, I grew up in Montreal, so I, I saw, I saw. But the, be- the best hockey is when there's more than, like, you know, usually it's only a couple of teams in these decades, like in you know, the 50s, Detroit, Montreal, they won nine cups between them. The other teams had no chance. But now, I I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I think the 90s, like, you know, those teams, like, uh, when I, when I, we, we didn't have the cap system, eh? So we're spending money. But Dallas, um, Colorado, New Jersey, Detroit, those four teams in about an eight or ten span, they were all they were all pretty loaded with really good players. I mean, you know, that, that New Jersey team was underrated. When you look at all those guys, you know, like Stevens and Niedermeyer, their defense core was so good. Uh, Colorado was really, I mean, between uh, Colorado and Detroit, I mean, uh, six, six, seven years, whoever would beat each other would, could win the cup. Because they had so many Hall of Fame players, you know, and uh, I think that's the area where the '80s were scoring. Like after the Islanders won, and then the 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 Oilers came along, and and you know uh, Calgary, they they were good teams. But but I would say the late '90s, uh, they had the, the Dallas was really a good team too. I mean, they only won the one cup. And uh, uh, what Colorado won two or three, and so did New Jersey, and so did Detroit. My my brother gets me watching all these games from the fifties and the sixties, and he's like, "This is the greatest era of hockey ever." They were wild, and they had incredible skill too. It's absolutely crazy. Um, my last question for you is: You won nine Stanley Cups as a coach. Am I, is that right? Did I miss one? No, no, you got it right on. Okay. Nine, nine Stanley Cups as a coach. 
and two Jack Adams awards. Do you ever do you ever think you got robbed on on the no. Jack Adams award a few times or what? No, because there's coaches in the league that bring teams from nowhere and they deserve to get you know you no I I don't think that way at all because you know uh, some teams have a better chance if you're a coach and you have good players you're going to have a better chance but I think I think they've made some pretty good selections uh, It'd be a tough selection this year because so many teams have improved so much, and and you know it's easy. It's the voters have to look at the talent on each team and say, boy, how did that if, team? Get, you know, if like Wendy I, Ruff does not win, yeah, the 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 coach yeah, of the this, year this year, yeah, he he he's his I, team made the biggest strides, and you know. You're right, and they're a dangerous team. I don't know what they're doing with their with their defense and, and uh, goaltending, but I would say that team has got their hands on some really good young players. But I would, I would the team that I'd like to watch the most in the next three or four years will be how much progress because they got they they got a lot of players. Is Ottawa, Ottawa now. I don't know this new owner, but he owned twenty percent of Montreal. Michael Andelauer. He said, thought you were going to say Buffalo. You just lost. You just lost both Petey and I after you saying Ottawa. How is this? No, I, I kind of. Petey, agree with it's time to end this podcast. I think Ottawa and Buffalo and Detroit. <laughs> I think I think those teams are going to challenge, their, and they're yeah. in the same. They're in the same division too. Yeah, which makes it you know it's going to be a it's going to be a battle, but. Uh, they got to get their their act together. They got to get, but they don't get. They don't. They don't seem to have the defense. I, I still think defense. I would. I would. I. What I like the most about the Sabers is their defense is a is a step ahead of. As long as they can add just a little bit more on the depth side, you know these guys are not going to go away. Then they're only in their early twenties. So you know that that was a big a big thing to get those two. Two first round, you know, two picks number one, and like we <laughs> talked before, you know, a lot of it's tempting to not to take a player, but when he's a defenseman and he's number one, you can't miss him. And you, you know, have this right. Matias Samuelson who's playing like he was a first round. Pick. Yeah, they should have. The teams should have taken him before he was captain in the development team. His dad was an NHL player with us in Buffalo. He had a really good career. But we picked them. We won the second cup in Pittsburgh because we made a trade. We we traded a tough trade. We traded. Uh, Craig Patrick was the manager. We traded Recky and Coffee, and we ended up we ended up with Tockett and Samuelson, and these two guys were players that we didn't have. They had sandpaper, and they and they could play, and and they and they weren't superstars. Well, good luck, guys. I'm on my way to the clinic to get my back in shape. To get to get the, I gotta I gotta work on my back all the time. Blew out a few discs hoisting that cup so many times, <laughs> eh? Hey, Ralph. Thanks, thanks, Andrew. But Thank well, look up, look up the penalty shot I got. Okay. It was no, it was. You're absolutely right. The first penalty <laughs> shot was was a few nights before, and it was a miss. And then Ralph <laughs> Scotty Bowman was awarded a penalty shot when he played for the St. Louis. Eagles. Oh, oh St. Louis. It wasn't Detroit. I thought it was, yeah, St. Louis was Flyers or something. Eagles. Eagles. Okay. St. Louis Eagles. Good luck, yeah. guys. Thanks. Thank you so much. Great having you on.
That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word. Thank <laughs> you.